All right, well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame's Hall Call Interview Series. As always, I'm Will Driscoll, the Executive Director here at the Hall of Fame. Always excited to bring you another edition of the Hall Call Interview Series. Before we get started, I'd like to thank all of our Hall Call and Hall of Fame partners, uh, the people that help us put together content platforms like this in all of our events, Priority Automotive, Davcon Inc., Optima Health, White Claw Hard Seltzer, ESPN Radio 94.1, Hamilton's Realty, and Davis Business Appraisers. As always, they're the ones who help us do what we do. Well, let's jump right into it. Today, we get the chance to catch up with 2018 Virginia Sports Hall of Fame inductee Thomas Jones. Now, aside from being a record-setting running back at Powell Valley High School out in the coal fields of Southwest Virginia, and then the University of Virginia, Jones is also one of just 31 players in NFL history to eclipse 10,000 yards for his career. Following football, however, he has found success on both the small and the big screens with acting credits across television and film. His most recent project, however, sees him on both sides of the camera. The Amazon Prime video docuseries Life After profiles a dozen former NFL players and their transition to life after football. Jones not only tells his story as part of the Life After series, but he also serves as executive director, executive producer. I'm the executive director here at the Hall, executive producer for the program. Uh, the eight-part series was released on Prime Video October 18th. And today, as you see, we have the pleasure of catching up with him and learning more about Life After. Thomas, it's always good to see you, and thanks for taking some time to join us today. Thank you, Will. Thanks for that introduction. Um, uh, and and you know, very excited to be a part of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. A uh, huge honor, and uh, it's always great to talk to you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Thomas. Well, we we obviously appreciate you and your your accolades on the field. We know why you got into the Hall of Fame, but you, you as you know, you've joined us on Hall Call before. We really like to use this platform to kind of talk about what you're doing now. And uh, we you, I think you were our third guest when we started this platform back in 2019, and we talked about your transition from football into acting at that point. What has now drawn you to getting behind the camera as you're the executive producer for this Life After series? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been in the business now for about eight years. And, um, you know, when I started out in 2014, when I initially decided to take a, take on acting in, in Hollywood, I was just focused on being an actor. Uh, but over the course of the last eight, nine years that I've been in this business, um, you know, I realized being an actor is great, but also being able to produce content that you're passionate about uh, just adds to the experience. And so um, I started to take on the producing side of, of Hollywood in 2016 uh, when I executive produced my own uh, feature film that I starred in called A Violent Man, which is available on Amazon and, and all the other streaming platforms, YouTube um, as well. Um, that's when I really said, hey, you know, I've been acting for a few years. What is it like to produce your own content that you can actually speak your truth and uh, and be passionate about a narrative that you can relate to? Uh, and that led me to this project, Life After, which, like you said, is an eight-part docu-series that follows the lives of twelve NFL players that have retired and that are trying to find their way outside of the NFL. Um, this project is very personal to me because when I tired, retired in two thousand twelve, um, I had some struggles. Uh, trying to disconnect from football, uh, disconnect from the locker room, disconnect from uh, a sport that I played since I was eight years old. Um, and some of the struggles that I had were um, I resorted to drinking a lot um, to try to 
uh, ease, I guess, some of the pain of, of in the withdrawal of football. Um, you know, I also, you know, went through some stages of depression, um, just trying to figure out how to deal with the separation anxiety of the, of, of the NFL and, and something I had done since my childhood. So this project Life After spoke to me as it was, I was able to fortunately find acting and producing to, um, to really transition into something that I found the same passion that I had as I did for football. Well, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about, we'll talk about the overall series, but you are one of the 12 people that are profiled in this series. So let's talk about your story for a little bit. In watching the episode that you were featured in, you called football, and I quote, a tornado of chaos. Kind of explain <laughs> that term to us. <laughs> yeah, so football is a, it's a very popular sport, obviously, but uh, it's, it's a very different experience for, for the people that play football. Um, it's, it's almost a drug of sorts. It's an addiction, uh, the adrenaline rush, the dopamine rush of, uh, you know, being a part of something that's so rewarding yet so risky. Um, and especially when you make it to the NFL, because now it's, it's, it's an occupation. It's not just, um, a, a pastime or something you're doing for fun. Um, it's a real job, uh, with, um, with real consequences whether it be uh, injuries due to the, the phys physicality of the game, um, the emotional stress of the pressure of the game, um, you know, or the, the criticism that comes with the lack of production. Um, you know, it's very, very high stakes. And uh, I, I think when people watch the game, um, they're so used to seeing us navigate through this world of the NFL seem seemingly effortless that they don't see the human side of it, which is I'm still a human being like everyone else that has feelings and emotions and ups and downs. Um, and, you know, you're really, really pushed and, and challenged as an NFL player across all spectrums. Um, so, yeah, you know, when I retired from the NFL, um, I left the league thinking that I was ready to leave football on my own terms. but um, it's almost similar to a relationship that you never really recovered from because even though you know you have to move on, that love and the connection was still there. In, in telling your story, you you obviously just alluded to it a, a couple minutes ago, but you you did you did take up drinking. Uh, you mentioned that there were some eight a.m. coronas, um, things of that nature. But you also said you when you were done playing football, you wanted to get back to where you were before you started playing. What was that space you wanted to get back to? The space that I was thinking about and, and I was referring to was just the space of humanity. Uh, football is a very violent sport. Uh, it, it, sometimes the mindset that you have as a football player um, will even disconnect you from just a simple concept of humanity, which is love and care for your fellow human being. Because in football, you can't think that way on the football field. Um, the universal mindset is hit or be hit. And, and sometimes that mindset uh, doesn't just stay on the field. Uh, a lot of guys have a hard time turning that mindset off even when they're not on the field, and that was me. Um, I was 100% dialed into the NFL and to football, um, and I was a very aggressive player, and I wanted to win by any means necessary. Um, and I took that attitude, unfortunately, into my – everyday life. 
And so um, that's not real reality. Once you leave the NFL, the rest of the world doesn't operate like that. The NFL is a very unique world and it's a very unique job where everyone in that space understands the stakes and they understand uh, that mindset. It makes sense. But um, when you retire, um, you know, if someone takes your parking spot, uh, you know, you can't have this NFL mindset of, you know, I'm going to physically, uh, <laughs> you know, impose my will on you because, you know, the consequences are, you know, you're going to go to jail or, uh, or, or something else. Where in the NFL, if someone shows me after the play or even before that, my mindset is to, you know, physically in inflict some sort of pain um, that's rewarded. And that's just not real life. So, um, I had to figure out how to get back to the basics of just being the everyday vulnerable, uh, understanding patient human being that has to exist with everyone else on a day-to-day -day basis, as opposed to being in an NFL locker room and on an NFL field where violence is the only language we understand. You said your last game uh, with the Chiefs was a triumphant feeling. Why did you use the term triumphant to describe that? I think I use triumphant because it, 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 I had a moment finally of clarity. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in the NFL, you can never think about your last game or your last play um, because that probably means, you know, um, you're opening yourself up to an injury um it, you're opening yourself up to lack of mental focus which means you could get someone else hurt so you have to be 100 dialed in at all times um so I, I think the fact that after the game it hit me wow something that i that i've dreamed of for so long and while i was in the nfl i didn't think of me living the dream i thought of it as this is my job but that moment once i left the locker room after the game, it hit me that I'll never do this again. Everything was the, so final. Um, and so it was triumphant because I was able to accomplish a lot of the things that I set out to, um, to do by being in the NFL and playing for such a long time. Um, so that was the triumph that I felt, but then it was also a sadness because it was, wow, I'll never do something that I love so much again in my life. And also, who am I going to be next and what am I going to do next? So speaking of what you're going to do next, you've, you've turned in a, a very successful career, as I mentioned, in acting, both in television and film. Um, you, spoke, you spoke at length about your acting career in your episode of Life After, and you said being connected to a character as an actor felt a lot like football. Kind of describe that connection for us, if you can. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like once I committed to being an actor, it was the same thing as committing to, um, to being a running back and everything that comes with that. Um, being a running back in football isn't just carrying the ball, it's pass protection, protecting the quarterback, it's running, route running, being a receiver out of the backfield. Um, it's committing yourself to film study, committing yourself to the weight room, um, committing yourself to training and, and nutrition. Um, and when I decided to, to commit to acting and being a, a trained actor, because I was in act, two actor studios for four years, six hours a week, when I committed to that, then 
I understood that acting wasn't just saying lines. It was committing to your character, doing all the backstory work, figuring out who this character is, what's the history of this character, and also digging into my own personal life and my own either tri trauma or triumphs, uh, triumphs to see how I can emotionally connect to this character and breathe life into the character based off of my own experiences. And so that's the adrenaline rush um, that I had once I was able to understand the technique that I was practicing and then seeing how it worked when I actually applied it. Um, and then it became a rush because then I wanted it more and more and I wanted to go deeper and deeper into characters and deeper and deeper into my personal life and my traumas so I could breathe even more life into the characters similar to how hard I worked as a football player. Once again, we're talking with 2018 Virginia Sports Hall of Fame inductee Thomas Jones, a great running back in the NFL as well as the University of Virginia, but he's now an actor and an executive producer on the Life After series uh, for Amazon Prime Video. And we just talked to you about your role as far as being in front of the camera uh, in Life After. I believe that was episode two in the eight-part series. But let's talk about the overall series now. How did this idea come about and how did you get involved um, with Amazon and Prime Video on this because they've done other life after segments before. They've done life after lockup and I believe a few others. What drew you to this football focused platform and how did Amazon want to get involved with that aside from being a media partner of the NFL now? Right. Well, um, a guy named Paul Hutchins, um, he is a huge NFL fan, uh, has been an NFL fan for years. He was actually a friend of my manager, Martha Sanchez, who's an associate producer in the project. Um, when he decided to put this whole idea and um, project together, um, he reached out to my manager because he saw what I was doing in Hollywood. He saw the success that I was having uh, as, a, as an actor and, and as a producer and thought that this may be something I wanted to be a part of. And so when my manager, Martha, reached out to me about the project, uh, I instantly connected because once I retired, I consciously made the decision to stay away from anything football related because I, I really wanted people to respect me as an actor and respect me as Thomas Q. Jones, uh, the producer, the entrepreneur versus Thomas Jones, the football player who they already knew. Um, and so I decided to stay away from anything that was football related because I just didn't want people to continue to keep me in that space. But this was a project that I said, hey, this is speaking to NFL players lives after football. I went through this experience myself personally, so I know what it feels like. Uh, and I felt like these other stories needed to be told. These other players' truths need to be told because there's a misconception around NFL players, especially um, once we retire. A lot of people think that we have millions of dollars and all of us are just on a deserted island uh, living it up. And that's just not reality. Everyone doesn't make millions of dollars in the NFL. Everyone doesn't play 12 years in the NFL like I was fortunate enough to. Uh, some guys are struggling when they retire because they've given their entire life, blood, sweat, and tears to football, and now they don't have the option anymore to even play. Um, and then some guys just um, can't find the, uh, the ambition to adjust to something new and find something that they're just as passionate about. Um, and I knew that about a lot of guys. So this project spoke to me personally, and I definitely wanted to make sure that I was a part of the storytelling and, uh, and the behind the scenes for it. One of the quotes that really stood out to me, and I believe it was from the Bear Pasco episode, was uh, it was one of his former coaches saying, football players don't retire, they redirect. And that seems to be a pretty common theme among all the 12 stories that you're telling here, because 
you're talking about gym owners, actors, social media in influencers, steer wrestlers, barbecue pitmasters, entrepreneurs, doctors. Um, this is a, a plethora of other careers beyond football. And I guess the question that I'm kind of coming at you with now is how do you go from being considered old in your early to mid thirties to then realizing, no, I'm actually pretty young. I got a lot of life to live ahead of me. Right. I, I think it's almost like you don't have a choice. You know, you have to, you know, you have to move on or you're going to stay in that space. And, and so I think fortunately, a lot of the guys have had a, had a really good support system around them when they retired. Uh, I think some of the guys actually were thinking about post post uh, football um, while they were in the NFL. Um, one of the guys in particular used a running locker room joke uh, while he was in the NFL to create his own pro uh, uh, product after he retired. And that was Justin Forsett. And now he has a multi-million dollar company based off a running locker room joke. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of elements uh, to being successful after you retire from something that's so big um, and having a good support system is very important. And fortunately we were, we were able to pick multiple guys um, in this series that had incredible wives, incredible children, incredible mentors, uh, and incredible support systems that allowed them the emotional space to understand it's okay to not be known as a football player. It's okay to not have the crowd cheering your name. You're still valuable to us. We still love you. Um, and you can still be successful in something else. These 12 stories are the ones that we see. How many others did you have to review before these were the ones that were chosen for the series? Oh, uh, there were multiple. There were multiple because unfortunately this is the case for a lot of NFL players that retire. And then you see that with, you know, the Tom Brady's of the world who uh, retire and they unretire. They, you know, it's, it's, it's playing like tonight. A, <laughs> yeah. Playing tonight, right. On, I think it's on, on Amazon. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. On Amazon Prime. So it, it's, it's an addiction, um, you know, and a lot of guys have a hard time disconnecting. And then I retired on the, under my own terms, you know, after my 12 year career, I knew, going into that season that this would be my last season. Um, but even when I retired, I was still like, wait a minute, I don't have an off season program to prepare for. I don't have a training camp to prepare for. I don't have a 16 game season. You know, at that time, 16 games to prepare for. I don't have pl playoffs or Super Bowl to chase. I don't have an all pro uh, selection or a pro bowl slot to chase. What am I gonna chase now? What is my ambition? Um, and I was lucky because I retired on my own on terms, but there are more guys that are released and they didn't retire on their own terms. And so they genuinely feel like they didn't get football out of their system. So some guys go through the depression of understanding that they will never play again. Some guys are bitter because they, you know, they, they, they didn't get a chance to get everything out of their system. Um, there's a lot of psychological elements and emotional elements that go into the NFL and retirement that most of the fans wouldn't think of because they deal with the NFL usually in real time. Um, but there's so many guys. And the beautiful thing about it is a lot of guys have reached out um, in thanking us for promoting this and pushing this and shooting this docuseries because they feel um, that their, their stories have been told vicariously through these 12 guys as well. You know, we, I, I was going to kind of, that kind of brings me to my next question. And 
we hear a lot about the negatives. I mean, that, that's just the, the way of the world these days, CTE, life-altering injuries, you know, everything that comes along with playing the game of football. We know it's a tough and violent game, but how prevalent among retirees are stories such as the ones that you're telling through this Life After series? I mean, these are successful post-playing careers. Yeah, there are a lot of guys that are very successful once they retire, a lot of guys, but unfortunately, like you just said, um, a lot of people want to be, um, they want to be first and not right with news. Um, and this has unfortunately become a shock value world where um, the negative shock value information is, is, is presented before the positive. And so you would hear about an NFL player maybe getting into some sort of trouble before you would hear about an NFL player creating a multi-million dollar business outside of uh, his playing career. So there are a lot of guys that are very successful post-football. Um, the NFL truly is a brotherhood um, and we all stick together even when we retire because we know we have a very unique experience. Um, and we're all responsible for each other because um, you know the way that the media betrays it is if one NFL player um, has something negative happen, it's the NFL shield and it's the NFL players uh, versus individual that just that individual having an issue. Um, but rarely on the flip side, if it's one NFL player that's doing something positive, the NFL shield and the NFL players get that, uh, um, I guess, um, um, notoriety. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately it is a negative world and me producing this, this project is just me taking um, initiative to try to produce something positive to give the NFL players current and former NFL players a positive voice. Is there one episode or, or a couple of episodes that really stick out to you, taking yours out of the equation? <laughs> uh, I like all of them equally. I think all of them are very compelling. I was moved to tears by a couple of them, even in my own, because I, I think in the moment, um, in, one of, in my episode, I was just really reflecting because um, I tried to forget about football when I retired. I tried to um, erase it from my mind. And it might've been a little easier if I already had something that I was passionate about, but my mind just continued to go back to football and I missed the locker room and I missed my teammates and I missed going to battle with my teammates and I missed the roar of the crowd and the smell of the grass. Uh, I missed all those specifics about football. And so I couldn't get, out of, get it out of my mind. Um, and so I think in my episode, I had a moment of reflection where it was like, <clears throat> I went through that at that time, which was in 2012, January 1st, but the feeling and the idea of that never will never leave me. No matter how long it's been since I've played, football is in my system and those memories will always be there. But I think there was moments of reflection in each of the episodes that I felt the same way. Um, each guy had a special moment that made me feel connected to his story the same way that I was connected to mine. Is, is that, that, that was a big thing that I think I, I took away from watching many of the episodes is that idea of brotherhood. Like, you know what each one of those players went through to be successful on the NFL field. And so there's kind of that shared connection. Is that, is that another main message that you're trying to push forward with this, with this Life After series? Yes, definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the NFL is just a microchasm of society. Um, all of us have 
passions and ambitions and dreams and goals and uh, teammates. They might not be on a sports team, but they may be coworkers. They may be family members. Um, it, it's it's all connected and, and, and all relatable uh, in regards to just the structure and infrastructure of what this docuseries is. Life after could be anything. This just so happens to be retired NFL players. But a lot of times when people commit themselves to something for a significant amount of time, once they leave that, they still have to figure out who they're gonna be next and what they're gonna do next. Some people already have an idea. Most people don't have an idea. So I think that's why this has been such a success and the feedback has been so positive is because when people watch it, the backdrop is the NFL, but it isn't necessarily about NFL players. It's just about everyday human beings that uh, are going through similar struggles that everyone watching is. What do you prefer more personally, uh, being in front of or behind the camera? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I prefer being behind the camera, promoting what I'm in front of the camera. <laughs> uh, I think that that's- Playing both of, sides. <laughs> yeah, I like that because, um, you know, I like being in a position of leadership. You know, uh, I've, that's that's what I've been my entire life. I've took, taken pride in being a leader, uh, making sure things are done right, making sure done, things are done with a specific message. Um, but I think, you know, if I had to pick the two, being in front of the camera is therapeutic for me, no matter what the role is because I'm able to tap into any issue that I'm currently dealing with or that I haven't dealt with in the, from the past. And that is almost a therapy session for me. Um, that's what acting has developed into for me as a therapy session with each role, each character, um, to make these characters real, to make me emotionally and physically connect to the character's story. Um, I have so many different things that football didn't allow me to deal with because you can't show vulnerability and, and, and uh, weakness because that's how you get beat in football. Um, but, but on the polar pull, opposite, as an actor, people can relate to your character the more human and honest and vulnerable you are. So I would have to say, at this point, if I had to pick one, it would say being in front of the camera, being an actor. We'll get you out of here. We got just one or two questions left, but you know, one of the strengths of the Life After series, at least from my perspective, is the storytelling. They're not long form documentaries, but in those in those either 12 or 24 minute segments, you you really feel like you know this person from the time they were born through their playing career into now their <laughs> playing career. Um, what is an overall message that if, if somebody's now going to watch this and then go watch Life After, what do you want them to take away when they watch these these docuseries? I would like for people to watch this and see, wow, that guy is just like me. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Um, his, his job was in being an NFL player, you know, which comes with uh, fame, comes with fortune because of the nature of the job and the danger of the job and the mystique around the job. Um, and sometimes that outweighs the actual person the NFL shield outweighs the players, the actual person that's in under the helmet. Um, but I think if you watch this, you will definitely be able to connect with these players and these men with bravado. Um, 
you will be able to connect with them in a real human way and see how much we are just like you. I think that that comes through very loud and clear when you watch this series. And, and I encourage everybody, uh, if you have Prime Video, please go out and watch the series. Again, it's called Life After, and it focuses on 12 former NFL players on their transition away from football. Um, Thomas is featured in one of the episodes, but as I mentioned, he's also executive producer uh, for the project. Thomas, it, it's always great catching up with you. Appreciate you taking some time. I know you're busy these days, so, so and I know your time is valuable. So I just want to thank you again for joining us today. Thank you, Will. I'm always look forward to talking to you proud member like i said of the virginia sports hall of fame man and uh anytime you uh, have time to have me on i'm always gonna make time for you thank you we like hearing that and we'll definitely make some more time we'll catch up because i'm sure there are other projects that that will <laughs> pop up uh, in the future um but for everybody who was watching and following along thank you for joining us as well um one more time i'd like to thank all of our uh, sponsors, Priority Automotive, Davcon Inc., Optima Health, White Claw, ESPN Radio, and Davis Business Appraiser. Stay tuned for future updates on Hall Call and other Hall of Fame initiatives. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at VA Sports HOF. Once again, I'm Will Driscoll with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Whatever you do, participate, don't spectate, and we'll see you next time.